The following is a presentation of Team Bonding, providing more than 100 live, virtual, or hybrid corporate team building activities for companies around the world. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. On this episode of Team Building Saves the World. Once we can convince a client, and if you're listening now, you should just do it. Um, <laughs> they... I always tell them, first rule of, of any video conference with me, we're going to break every rule. You really want me to get crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I can answer for myself, but I feel like Paul has this, like, I will get their attention. Is Kevin real? Is that <laughs> is that a real person? <laughs> Is he a simulation? You are Kevin Headroom. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm Kevin Headroom. Every event he does, he sings. He and it should have different questions. Once again, it's me, your old friend, Rich Rinnensland, welcoming you to our all-new, all-exciting, slightly different podcast, Team Building Saves the World. And for anyone out there who may have happened upon this podcast, or if you're a brand new listener, welcome. I'm going to be spending this season talking about the leaders and the innovators of the team building industry, and we're going to learn all about this compelling industry, including why fostering teamwork is even more important in this time. For any of you out there that was a fan of our old podcast, Team Building Around the World, Thank you, and welcome back, team. You can consider this a continuation or season two of that podcast, but with more of a focus on how the industry works and how you can make better use of it. Today is a very exciting day for me because I get to be close to home. I'm actually going to be talking with several people, a little roundtable, if you will, of my fellow workers from Team Bonding here in Stoughton, Massachusetts. I'd like you to join me in welcoming my guests for today. Please give a big round of applause for Deb Burnett, Kevin Perticello, Samantha Goldstein, and Mr. Paul Giroux. See, it's been like months since I have done this, and the people who were hidden under my desk to applause for everybody... They just scattered. It took me forever oh, to gather man. them all back together again. I hate it when left you. <laughs> so, hi, guys. How are we doing today? Doing great, Rich. Thanks for having us. Deb Good. is the only person calling in from the West Coast. Thank you very much for joining us. What, what must be the ungodly hour of, what, 10 a.m. where you are? So early. I don't know. It's freezing outside. <laughs> I think it's like 60. It's really cold. Oh, oh it's the way you suffer. Freezing. Easy on the freezing. Uh, oh. <laughs> So what we're going to be discussing. Sorry, that's a tough joke to start with. (laughs) That's okay. What I want to be discussing today, guys, we're going to be talking about how we go from development to actual performance of all of our product, of the team building events that we do. Let's start off with you, Deb, while we're talking to you. Um, You actually have created events on your own that you have sold through this company and put in front of people. Tell me what it's like with that initial glimmer. Like what gives you that initial thing of, as an example, you know, oh, you see something and you go, that would make for a fun event. Yeah, and honestly, I would say for me, it's collaboration. Uh, Oftentimes I'm working with the owners and they're brainstorming something. They go, oh, Deb would be great at this. They give me a call. What do you think about this idea? And then I'll add in all the different pieces of the pie from different things we've led or different ideas I have or online platforms and then take that idea and then put it into reality. So oftentimes it is actually Sam giving me a call (laughs) or David giving me a call um, or taking something that we've done in person and going, how can we do this in the virtual world? You know, for example, gingerbread, if I dare mention that. Um, you've got something that we did in person. And so how do we do this? How do we do this with um, interaction and connection? And so that it works with um, a group of people in Zoom or whatever platform you use. So yeah, that's been the process thus far. (laughs) You mentioned gingerbread. Can you tell my audience a little bit more about that? Yeah. So gingerbread was something that we did in person two years ago. And so we knew the holidays were coming up. We knew that everyone was stuck inside and couldn't do their normal holiday parties. So finding programs that fit that uh, were needed. And so There was an amazing bakery we got to work with, uh, Sweetology, that's, I believe, in Missouri. And so they have this amazing kit um, that they've got really, anything I've tried of theirs is just absolutely tasty. 
that could do the drop shipping. And then from there it went, okay, how do we put this to, together? And so we were sending a kit to each house. And so we basically had to problem solve the virtual part of it. And then we created our trivia, we created our, our slideshow, and then we talked through how do we make this interactive? And so from there, the program created. And I think, I don't know how many times we did that in a row, but I think I was doing about three a day from December 1st through December 22nd. So. Yeah, December was a pretty crazy yeah. month for all of us, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. So, Sam, let's jump over to you. Unlike the rest of us, you're born into this business, right? It's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> Tell us about that. How did you get into it? I have been around the start of team bonding um, as my, my dad started it over 25 years ago. I joined the company on our sales team a little over two years ago. And this certainly has been the craziest year <laughs> team bonding has ever had with going from our expertise of in-person events, traveling to the location of your choice or the program of your choice um, with the materials facilitator, everything in, in between to now being experts in the virtual space, being able to show up online take care of your team from start to finish. And, you know, I think as Debbie was talking and the spirit of program development, a lot of our program development for both virtual and in-person programs comes from the client. We are the experts of how we facilitate a program virtually. We're going to take care of you from the beginning of selecting the program to finalizing all the details and then moving you over to our event management team who's actually going to make it happen. And then our facilitation team that, that's there the day of. But we, we get a lot of client requests that then create new programs or, you know, we can say, well, we've done this and it's worked really well, but with your theme, we can do this. And we've seen a lot of programs come that way. Our international food tour is a great example of that. Uh, we had a client come to us and say, our theme of the, the conference is a taste of research and development. You know, what can we do with that? We like the, you know, we like your race around the world program. How can we do that? And we designed a full food tourist program where they can travel to different countries around the world, complete different challenges, communicate with each other as one team member is the chef, the rest of the diners. And then they actually receive a food box in the mail with all different international snacks. So I think a lot of a lot of our program development comes from specific requests. You know, a client that says, we have a global team and we really want to do something like an amazing race. What can we do? And we have a custom one coming up tomorrow um, that Kevin's leading that, uh, they're doing different rounds of trivia that are based in different parts of the world as they travel through different legs and they're going to come back for pit stops and there's U-turns and roadblocks and everything in, under the sun. So a lot of it comes from that. Um, Paul has done senior executive retirement parties with themed questions that survey says. Um, he's done a recruiting team last week that had eight company's recruiters versus eight of the recruiters spouses and they did a full survey says so there's a lot of fun that we can have and we'll bring the expertise of how to make it happen now paul you are also uh, one of these creators one of these innovators i we've often called you the uh, the godfather of game shows uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that i mean wh what is it that makes you want to say this is something i want to play with this is I, what i think an audience is going to want to see and play a part of yeah, I think the key is you always want something that people are familiar with, whether they know the game or they know the game show or, you know, I think once they, you know, they've watched it, they've seen it, they've like, oh, I've wanted to be on Jeopardy or, you know, I always wanted to see what it was like to be on Family Feud or, you know, we look for games that, you know, that have that appeal. And then from there, it's like, how do we make it fun and engagement, uh, not just for the for the participants or, you know, if you have multiple teams, is it fun to watch? Am I interested in what's on the screen? Or I think that's key. I think when people um, watch TV, they tend to think, you know, at what point am I going to reach for my remote? So yeah. we have to make sure when we design things, people don't want to reach for that remote. They want to stay in tune. They're either engaged or fully part of it, or they want to know what's coming next. So I think from a design perspective, at least in my warped brain, uh, I always think about the remote control and are people going to want to click that remote or are they staying to watch it? You know, are they staying to be a part of it and interaction? Well, you've been doing this for how many years now, Paulie? Over 15 years. I've, I've, uh, so you've you been know, creating these quite, things. Uh, I wasn't born into it, but I feel like uh, <laughs> I was uh, pretty early on. I've been in the team and, and uh, just, you know, I've been a part of Team Bonding's Pulse for a long time. So you were taking care of these things and creating these things back before a pandemic, back before, back when we were still flying across the country or even to other countries to do this in front of live audience. What's the difference for you? I mean, how do you, because when we are talking about performing on a Zoom space, 
or any of the other multitude of platforms that are out there for video conferencing, I think there seems to be almost an easier chance for the audience to want to just turn away and not pay attention. Was, was that something that came into consideration with you? Yeah, I think absolutely. The uh, the attention span, or at least the, uh, the, the time you have to get the audience to join in. I used to say for a live event, I had three minutes to make sure everyone in that room wanted to follow me and wanted to do what I was going to ask them to do. They wanted to take part. So if I walked out live in front of 800 people, 20 people, didn't matter, you have three minutes. They're in or they're out. They're going to judge you within those three minutes. I'm with you for the ride, Paul, or I'm out. Uh, Virtual, I really feel like you have 45 seconds to a minute. Like you you need to show that you're, um, you know, you can control the group. You need to show that you're, understanding of the virtual platform you need to show them very quickly that it's going to be fun and that it's okay to relax because i think when people jump on their first instinct is i don't want to put my camera on or there's background noise in my home i don't want my kids coming in where it's like i always tell them first rule of, of any video conference with me we're going to break every rule that means cameras on unmute we don't care if there's a fire truck we love families we're all working from home nobody has a bad hair day on zoom everybody looks good on zoom or we just think you have slow internet and that's it like you just gotta hit them quick let them know that it's okay and then they're in and i think that's the key and you know i do use the remote control a lot because you just have to remember like people are all multitasking especially in a virtual environment it's very easy to have your zoom on have an email open have your slack open and you have a a mobile device in front of you right so we just have to cognizant remember, you know, to keep, you know, making sure people feel part, you know, look for the wandering eyes and use people's names. It's okay. You know, Kevin, what's going on? You know, are you having fun? <laughs> Kevin, you nailed that question right. Or Sam, I haven't seen you in four minutes. It's so good to see you again. Those little things, just mentioning someone's name kind of brings them in. Each and every I one of us. I have to say, jumping yeah. off of that, it's been really interesting to see. I think last March when we started this, the feedback we'd get from clients was when we were selling and starting to talk about it was there's no way people are going to want to stay on the zoom longer than an hour. There is no way they're going to want to, they're going to pay attention that whole time. We should only do 30 minutes. And the feedback we have gotten over and over and over when people even book these 60 minute events Mm. is they were having so much fun. They would have stayed longer. We we wish we had booked 90 minutes. Um, (laughs) And I think that, you know, I see Kevin and Paul and Debbie nodding like over and over. I think that, this is such a break from their day to day. And when you're in the office, you're taking 15 minute breaks a lot to chat with your coworkers, to catch up, to see each other, but you're not doing that as much virtually. So even being on for 90 minutes, people are Mm -hmm. so excited to be connecting with each other and connecting with the host and doing whatever they're doing. So I think that has been one surprise of the whole thing is that the intention span on on zoom and through these virtual events is actually, I think a little bit longer than, than people anticipate it. That's great. Because I, I was the same way when I first, like you say, I mean, the one thing that all of us have in common here is that we have led events even from before the before times, as we're calling it here into the virtual, we're all the people who are doing this in front of the camera. But Sam, how do you sell that? Like, let's look back at March. How do you sell that to a client? How do you say, we're going to do everything for you that we can on screen, you're going to, you know, you're going to get a full blown event. It's going to be great. It's going to be high energy. Everybody's going to have a great time. And they're, but all they're thinking is it's one more zoom meeting. I think we sell it with, with the expertise and with how many virtual events we've done and with examples of what we've seen clients do. I mean, that's why clients come to us because, you know, we are the experts at putting these events together. So I think a lot of it is just conversations of us understanding, you know, what you're looking for. It's all about selecting the right event for your team. And then I think full confidence in our event management and facilitation team. So whether you want to see a demo, whether we can send you screenshots, promo videos, things like that. Uh, And then it is a little bit of a leap of faith with clients. Um, (laughs) But what we see is that when they say, are you sure this is going to work? Um, we're like, yes, it'll absolutely work. Book it as soon as they book it. And Paul can say this all the time. Many times they come back and they're like, oh, can we do another one? Or we really liked Jeopardy. How about Survey Says next time? All of that. We did a scavenger hunt. What else could we do? So I think we see the repeats a lot. Once we can convince a client, and if you're listening now, you should just do it. Um, <laughs> they will come back again and again. I was going um, to say, 
I was just going to ask Sam if if I'm that client who they have an event coming up, they they know that they're going to be all day conferences going on. And normally when these things come around, clients think we need a team building event and they call us. If I was that client, how would any of you convince me that we should still do it just on Zoom? I think it's interesting. I think that, you know, a lot of times like it's just team building, but it's not really just team building. A lot of times for our clients, it's their job, right? They have that they have to produce these really good events for their boss or their team where they bring everyone together. And I think we understand that. Like it is a big deal to choose us and to book this event and to we're gonna do everything we can to make it a huge success. And I'll let kind of Kevin and Debbie and Paul talk about like specific programs and and how they work so well on Zoom. But I think from that aspect, like we're here to help and I can promise you that that one that your team will have a good time um, and we can just work with you to pick the, the right event. OK, so guys, talking there's about so many times, yeah. there's so many times, just like you said, Rich, that like this is this is another meeting. They've scheduled it to be just another meeting. They have to make sure that there's a host. They have to make sure that, you know, if it fits right well into their schedule, that it starts at this time and it ends exactly at this time. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing the way that they'll come into it. I mean, I'm uh currently working with uh, uh, some fantastic clients who are looking at it through a very, very corporate lens and that they want a very specific thing that people are going to get out of it. Like they don't even want, oh, I got this out of it and I got that about it. This is one client that like, I want everyone walking out of this meeting knowing that they got this one thing, which is obviously certainly something that we could do, but it's, it's funny how much they don't immediately think of Zoom and fun at the same time. <laughs> and what's so great is that no matter who it is, we always take them out of it. Yeah. We always take them out of this world of, okay, we need to make sure that this happens, that this is right, that this is said. And then we get them having a good time and we get them to the end and they're like, oh my goodness, I've been off mute the whole time. Oh my goodness, I've I've <laughs> been smiling during a meeting. And all of a sudden we have a brand new friend and you know that they're going to work with us again. Deb, what about you? You have any examples of the client came in thinking one thing and you managed to turn them around? What I was thinking of, one of the programs I lead a lot is team painting. And that one's unique in the sense of there's these spaces while you're working on things. And I think I was working with a group of laser surgeons. And I'm just thinking of some of our jokes or some of the conversations. And, you know, they went long enough where I had to hop off and do my next thing. And I let them keep chatting because they were having so much fun and engaging. And they kept thanking me. And, And I think what was interesting was for them, it was about connecting in a different way because one of the things that Zoom cuts out if you're only doing meetings is you can't have that side conversation or you can't engage a different part of your brain as intuitively or just people aren't thinking of it yet. I think they're thinking of it more the more we do this, but connection. And so having watched how that particular event affected the group and how much they were having fun and they were having side comments and jokes and there's bits that came out throughout and they were using this augmented reality painting app and some of them were terrible, some of them were awesome, but they didn't care. Um, so just from watching the process a group goes through of engaging and how much it draws them out, mm. they were sold on that. And then, you know, asking questions about, can I do this with my other team and that kind of thing? I think a lot of them, they weren't necessarily naysayers coming in, but they right. just didn't really know what they were going to get into. They just signed up and went, okay, go for it. Awesome. <laughs> I'm here. Anybody feel free shout in or all of you shout in on this one. Uh, as Paul said, it, it does feel like it's that thing of, especially from the client's point of view, when you know that client contact is going to be on the call with you. So they're waiting to see how you take charge, how you get everyone's attention. What do you guys do within the first few minutes just to make sure everybody's paying attention to you? I know Paul jumps around. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, I can answer for myself, but I feel like Paul has this, like, I will get their attention. <laughs> Give us an example, Paul. We, we do have some video in this, and uh, we might throw something up. You really want me to get crazy? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, for me, I attack it with, you know, you know comfortability. Uh, I want people to know that it's okay. And you, can, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is I move a lot when I, I mean, when I'm hosting I treat it like I'm live. I stand up. I'm not seated. Um, I have it set up that my entire video space is allowing for me to move around, change the, the feel of what I look like on screen. 
if someone is paying attention to me, you know, I'm constantly moving around. I'm coming in close. I'm going far away. I'm very loud. I am animated. I use my hands a lot. I think it comes, you know, part of it. When I talk, I talk with my hands, you know, music, I get people to dance and it's personal connection. When people hear their name, they immediately are like, oh my God, he noticed me or I'm part of this. And I think that's huge. And the other thing I was thinking of the, the whole time when you guys were just talking was there's been a whole different side with uh, what I found with virtual meetings is there's a group of people and, and it used to be in live events, you would walk into facilitating and in the back of your head as a facilitator, you would think there's going to be two or three people that don't want to be here right. and are going to pull themselves away. And I used to make yep. it a point to find those people. And it's like, that's my win for the day. I will get you to take part and you will have fun. I know that I can get you to be a piece of this. Well, those people are shining in these virtual meetings, but they're shining in the chat where they feel less pressure. And the chat becomes almost a second part of multiple events where people are allowed to talk and share and make light jokes and interact with coworkers Mm -hmm. without the pressure of having to do it face to face. So it's, you know, they don't mind throwing a little, you know, uh, good natured ribbing into the chat or making a joke or having some fun or, you know, sharing a picture or a meme or a, you know, funny thing, because it's like, it's its own little part of the party that's going on. And I think that's given people a different feel for what we do. You know, when, when you're in a room with everyone and you're just totally shy and you're, you don't want to kind of leave your space, but now we put you on a Zoom call, you put you on a WebEx call, and suddenly you're the life of the party, and no one has seen that side of you as a coworker. And I think that's amazing, where some people will be the first to be unmuted and raring to go and talk mm-hmm. to you, and other people are just literally in the chat firing away with funny things. So I feel like it's, it's you know, obviously no one wanted a pandemic, but I feel like in a weird way, through what we've been delivering, I found that, you know, some people are shining in a different light in their own company. And I think that's truthfully, it's awesome. I think it's, you know, clients that we have seen repeat. And Sam has said, like, we had clients that come back and they're like, oh, we now want to do this monthly. Or, you know, I had a client I just had before this call. I did uh, a bingo for them, you know, maybe three, four weeks ago. I'm doing bingo for them the next three days. They didn't nice. even want to change the program. They're like, Paul, don't just be you for three more days. One hour a day. Um, well, being you, you for know. three days is a lot to ask. <laughs> and the last thing I will share with as far as the one minute, uh, you know, getting everyone's attention. Is, uh, I was doing an event last week and in the chat, as I, cause I love to watch the chat mm. uh, within seconds, there were like eight people from the management team going, we need to hire Paul. Paul needs to host every meeting. We need Paul to motivate us in the morning. So, you know, it is, uh, it's crazy. And I, and I do say I'm type A and crazy, but it works. <laughs> what about you, Kev? It's also so interesting. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, jump in. No, no, please. Sam. I say it's also so interesting in the first minute to look at who's on the call, because I think that that's a big difference and a big, something that came out of the pandemic that's so unique is before you had to get everyone to the same location. So if we were in Dallas, you could look around and you had everyone that could travel to Dallas. There's a lot of people that couldn't for whatever reason. And now you can get those people at your meeting. Um, so I have a, I have, we have a client that's doing events for the next two days and their legal team is 500 people globally. Normally they fly the top 150 people in and they do a team building event and things like that. But because of the fact that they're doing it virtually, they can have all 500 people from around the world join the same event. And so that's pretty cool, I think, in the first minute is to look at, like, not only the facilitator and us grabbing their, their attention, but look at who's on the call. I mean, it's people that you would never get to see in person if you weren't a top executive or if you weren't able to travel for whatever reason. So that's been pretty unique as, as well. Kevin, now you and I have something in, in common in which we actually come from a theater background. It's true. Well, not, not only coming from Jersey. But also from a theater background, I mean, so we have a lot more in common than anybody wants to know. Yeah. I feel like that's a very loaded title, <laughs> <laughs> a Jersey theater professional. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but what is it? What is it that you do? How do you grab them? Oh, I mute everyone immediately. <laughs> 
And that's a very Jersey answer. Well done. That's such a Jersey answer. I know, right? No, I actually so rarely do that, even though sometimes I'm, I'm told if they're really boisterous, which I'm just like, God, if they're actually boisterous, I want them to stay boisterous. But mm. obviously, if I have to explain some very detailed work, then I will. But for the most part, you know, as people are coming in, I want to welcome in a big, strong, warm way and just tell them now is a fantastic time to make sure your cameras are turned on. This is a judgment free zone. Wherever you are zooming in from is a good one. Whether you have a virtual background, if you have a room that you don't pay as much attention to, we are going to love being there. And just sort of that, <laughs> hey, let's have it. And obviously there's going to be some people that are be like, nope, that is not what's happening. That's not, that's not what's here. But for the most part, I, I then start seeing the screen start to light up mm-hmm. and everyone start being there. And yeah, just like, just like everyone's been saying. And I, I did this, <laughs> I did this really great uh, trivia for uh, this, this private school recently. And they were oh, right because it was families. This wasn't mm. just a corporate thing. This was something that was families coming together to support this organization and this cause. And it was so much fun to sort of have, even though they were all answering the questions on their own devices, to have these moments where I was able to call out this one family with like one kid who was five and one kid who was seven and um, basically highlight them and unmute them to be like, all right, help me out. What's the answer to this? And have the kids be excited as all get out just to be able to like talk to someone they don't know through the screen and playing this game and just really being able to focus on individuals and people together to just not only give them a voice, but to have some more individualized fun amongst a group of people that is going to be yeah. a full screen of faces. And that's that's been such a great time too. It, it is always amazing to me how singling out people because you've got on some events four pages worth of faces oh yeah and those last two or three pages are almost always black yep you know they they won't turn on their video they won't unmute themselves yep they're just gonna watch the one thing that i have found is that like calling people out by name letting them know that you know i am not a television this is a real thing going on right now (laughs) um do, do you guys have your own ways of handling that well, speaking of, and, and Paul mentioning with the chat, there was this hysterical thing. You know that it was a group that is just used to having to listen, just having their screens off, just as if it was just one big full room. And there was a time that, because depending on the event, I might not always be able to see the chat. I have my fantastic team that are keeping an eye on it, that I might be able to go through the chat and see what people are talking about. And the times that they are talking about you as if you are not going to look at the chat is amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. So like there was definitely someone and I had to save this that was just like, is Kevin real? Is that <laughs> is that a real person? Is he a simulation? Because we need to because we need to have him at every activity. Like it's great. And it's usually for the most part positive, but there were people that were just like, I don't I don't know if that's a real guy. I don't I'm not sure. Is that a, I don't know if people are like that anymore. You are Kevin Headroom. <laughs> right, I'm Kev Hedrum. And it's just, it's it's great. And just having that kind of, is this is a real thing. We, yeah. I am going to, I see you. I see you have a hat. I show the pictures that are going to be shown at the end of an activity. If it's one that has photo challenges and video challenges, it's like, no, no, look. No, we, we actually see the work you're doing. You're not just putting stuff into the void. You're mm-hmm. having a connection, not only with the fellow people on your team or the rest of the attendees, but with us. We're actually a part of this with you. Um, So we get to have a lot of fun directly. And every time that there's, say, a repeat client and especially repeat attendees, I almost immediately recognize their face. I'm like, oh, like it's been it's been three months. It's so awesome to see you again. And we start to develop that deeper connection, not just within their own team, but with us and them. And it's been that's been so much fun. Awesome. Deb, how important is music in these events? Ooh, very important. So I'm a bit of a music buff, but I tend to use Spotify Um, and especially with and again, tone, you got to think about the actual event you're doing in tone. So if you're doing something like an escape room, adding, especially if it's like something like escape the mob, having something in, it's basically like the way you'd host your house. If you're holding a party, <laughs> you're hosting zoom, like you're hosting a party. So how's your lighting? How's your sound? What helps set the tone? What slides do you have? What background do you have? So all of that's just part of hosting. And I think music, um, and again, audio and tech and getting the technology to work in your favor is definitely a huge part of that too. But for, for example, I've got a playlist that goes with my art that's kind of a little bit more, you know, Gregory Allen Isakoff, or you've got, um, you know, kind of more chill. This is where, this is where Paul, Kevin, and I will nod like we know who that is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was like, singer-songwriter from Southern California. But um, yeah, sorry. So he's your Springsteen, is what is what Kevin. No, exactly. (laughs) So something more chill, um, like Mumford and Sons or something like that. Mm. Or I've got this like corporate event playlist where I'm noticing they're about to fall asleep. It is amazing. Um, Again, to the painting, I put on my super upbeat corporate event pump up playlist. Um, But it has anything from like Journey to Jackson 5 to Bruno Mars. And it it had a very broad generational range with the audience. And that was a connection point for them. It's one more thing to create connection around. And again, it just helps set the tone of the room, just like you would when you walk into a party. Can you imagine walking to a party with no music and you're drinking your drink and it's just silent like that's what they experience when they come in so Mm. anyway so i'm a big believer in music and getting the volume to be just right and get the tech to work in your favor because that just helps to set set the tone something i've noticed debbie and i think speaking of setting the tone i feel like we as a company and as artists on this medium have been also showing people how it can be done oh yeah i can't tell you the amount of times that people are like how do you have that music playing so consistently and then like (laughs) we've been able to just give them a tutorial of like this is how you can do it in your meetings because unlike them we live here. We live here right now. We live here. Um, and so like We're real. We, we end up learning faster about how to make these things happen, especially technically. Um, and we can pass that kind of knowledge along. So it's 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 in a way it's not just about getting them together for something fun, but also like you you can have a lot more fun on this medium as well. And this is how you do it. Yep. It's it's especially with music. I, I want to say I was doing an event for uh, let's call it a non-Zoom client. As we were coming on and we were playing, they all kept saying, where's the music coming from? How are they getting music into this? We've never been able to do this. And they're the ones who own that platform that I will not name. Uh, yes. I think I, I yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Sam... Let's let's talk about a bit about production because uh, Deb was talking about how she does the painting facilitation, which is getting people to actually. You guys do it virtually, but there once upon a time we used to actually sent them canvases, right? So oh, yeah. plus, we what what other things do we have that like require a big production? As in that we are so excited to get back to whenever everyone's going to be safe. No, I mean like right now, um, <laughs> oh, even right now? even virtually. Because okay, okay. we, uh, Sam, uh, specifically to you, what kind of what kind of uh, projects are we selling right now that require like something has to be mailed to them? I mean, how do we make these things work? Yeah, with our team painting, we send these really really high quality kits that have mini canvases that snap together. Um, has everything from a paint to paintbrushes to the holder, and then actually a cell phone holder because the, the program uses an app and augmented reality. We have just transitioned to a new program that we're calling Sketch It Forward that uses a similar idea to the paint kit, but instead of using sending the paint kit, we send a greeting card kit with colored pencils and, and everything you need to um, use the augmented reality to sketch on the design of your choice. And then we mail them to people who need a nice greeting card, um, nice. whether it's healthcare heroes or seniors or teachers or anything of that sort. We have everything from sending chocolate tasting kits to participants. We have wine, we have beer and cheese, we have cocktail kits. That all of the specifics around that depend a little bit on where participants are in the world, but we can work with you on that. Um, we have cheese making kits, we have um, international snack boxes, we can send materials for some of our game shows like In It to Win It, and we can send s'mores for our virtual campfire. So if sending something is really important, we can totally do that. Uh, nice. We have Breaking Barriers, which was one of our, our popular programs live. We actually are now sending boards to people's homes, and they're going to be able to virtually break the boards wherever they are in the world uh, together on Zoom. So um, we take care of all of it. From Once you provide us the addresses, we ship to each participant. And it allows, again, that feeling of it's very similar to a live event. It's going to be really interesting as we transition to hybrid events too. Mm, yeah. um, you know, what events can we, some participants will ship the kits to because you're not going to be there in person. The rest of them will bring the materials on site with our facilitator. So we're definitely set up to be able to scale this as we go back. But how do you, I mean, is it the design comes first and then you just see if you can find something, a kit, whatever it happens to be to send along with it? Or is there kind of a mutual bonding of the two? I think it's a mutual bonding of the two. Uh, We start with the goal of like, what does the ideal program look like? Um, You know, what are the goals of the program? How is it going to happen? And then if we need a kit, then we add the kit into it. If we're able to use it, um, you know, our in it to win it that we started was 
is one of our most popular programs in person and, and now virtually as well. Can we do this with things people have at home? Yeah. So a lot of it starts with that. Or do we need a kit to be able to really make it the best experience? So, so it starts just thinking about the participant experience. So guys, let's talk hybrid. Hopefully where we are right now, we're only a few months away, each and every one of us from finally getting the magical cocktails, not talking about the kits that Sam sends out, actually talking about getting our shots so that we can go back to live. But do we see hybrid as actually being a thing or do we think everybody's just going to want to flush Zoom and go right back to being live again? I'm curious, especially to have like having that transition point, but also once we hopefully are all vaccinated, um, once we get that point of I'm curious, because just like we were saying, there's all these people that have been able to participate in events that were not flying into the place where the big things are. So are we all of a sudden going to be seeing a lot more hybrid because so many people can be more could be participating more? It's probably maybe a little bit more cost effective for the client. And all of a sudden we'll have more people that are able to participate, feeling like they're part of the team, even if they're all not there in the room. So I'm, I'm really curious that we might see hybrid for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. And I do think regardless of hybrid versus in-person, there's some of the same conversations either way, because the in-person is going to involve more social distancing, or you're going to involve trying to cut out things like there's going to be things you're going to implement anyway. Right. So spacing, using more tech to do trivia versus paper. Um, You're going to be outside more often in a lot of places. So if wind and weather is an issue, how can we cut down things that would blow away? How can we, there's those questions are coming up either way. So I think in the midst of of having the hybrid conversation, it's also the in-person conversation that takes what we've done and virtual and we have, we're going to be doing a merge no matter what. Um, That's just my opinion, just because of the nature of even live events of what's coming down the pipeline, even if every once in person so Polly, so we'll what do about that with each program Polly, what about you what do you think hybrid's going to look like yeah i think that we're going to have to find ways to you know for people that either aren't comfortable yet to get into big groups mm. or people that are in different regions that maybe it isn't cost effective or just can't make it that we're going to have to find a way to, to be inclusive of them as part of the event so whether that's still using some type of video with a feed to what's going on live in the room right. or somehow connecting them to a team where they can be helping with any of the pieces. You know, even if it's a live bike build, just because you can't put your hands on your bike for the team because you're not in the room doesn't mean you can't be a part of the marketing or a part of a trivia or, you know, some piece of the team, you know, where you could be part of that group and you're still getting some personal connection with a coworker, even if you're not there. So I think we're going to, find uh, more and more ways to be able to, you know, apply these ideas and, you know, certainly different programs will allow for, you know, different ways to do that. Right. But I think, you know, as, as writers, as, you know, facilitators, we're going to have to be thinking of this. We're going to have to find ways, you know, to keep rolling with it and see what's new, you know, what's the best way and then get feedback. I mean, as Sam said, right from the beginning, hearing from clients, what their vision is. And then, you know, being the company that can, you know, really just sometimes I just say, put me on the phone with the client and let's hear it. Yeah. Because they, you know, you know, I talk for a living. So emailing (laughs) me sometimes 17 emails, I'm still not getting what you're trying to say. You're not getting what I'm going to say. I just say, put me on the phone with a client. Let me truly hear what they want and then give us 24 hours to talk about it. And then you put, you know, a group of us together and we say, hey, this is what the client wants. And then, you know, Debbie says, well, I remember when we did this or Kevin says, hey, I've tried this and this works. And then suddenly we walk out of a 20 minute chat with, oh, my gosh, we should go back to the client. Here's a really good expectation of what we can deliver. See if they like it. And then nine times out of 10, that expectation becomes a new program. So that's, you know, then, then, you know, then we do it and it's like, holy cow, that was amazing. Other clients are probably thinking the same thing and not asking. And then, you know, we turn that into a program and suddenly people go, wow, that really works. That that's what we wanted. And I think, you know, that's what it comes down to. So I think we're, we're all going to keep working at it. We're certainly all looking at it from different uh, viewpoints. And, you know, I think we're going to be in hybrid for a while and uh, finding ways to mix and match what we've been doing and what we were doing. 
Um, but I do want to get back on the road. I'm looking forward to you, know, <laughs> you and me both. Uh, I think hybrid. Yeah. Good, Sam. I think hybrid's going to be really interesting because, and I think we're in a good place for it because we're now super experienced at in-person events and super experienced at these virtual events. And I think hybrid is not going to be one type of event. I think that that's going to be the next step is just figuring out, you know, what hybrid looks like to everyone. Right. Uh, and then just following our clients' footsteps. I think we have our COVID safety practices in place, mm-hmm. um, how we're going to, you know, walk, keep our materials sanitized, how we're going to make sure that our staff that comes on site is healthy, all of that. But then we're going to follow the client and the venue's lead as well. If your client, if your, you know, venue needs us to wear masks, we'll wear masks. If you're going to be outside and you don't need us to wear masks, and we don't, we don't need to wear masks. So I think a lot of it is just going to be too, whatever feels comfortable, both with us, the client, the venue and all of that. Anybody thinking that uh, there might come a time where we're the only ones who are virtual? I do think not having a facilitator in room would be, would be, you know, we could lead, but you're losing that energy, the juice. You're not getting the juice from the squeeze, I would say. Sure. So um, we make it look good on Zoom because that's where we're at and we're doing our thing. But I think putting the people in a room together and not having one of us around may not be the best way to keep that energy and and. You know, as, when we're in room, we can bring it. Uh, when we're on a video and everyone's in a room, we're kind of creating yet another spacer there. <laughs> right. Well, let me ask you guys just to just your own personal opinions. Do you prefer live or do you prefer virtual? Don't don't make me choose between my children, Rick. I mean, <laughs> come on, man, <laughs> Sorry, Sophie. I didn't realize it was that hard. <laughs> if you asked no, me last uh, year at this time and this year, mm-hmm. it would be two different answers. That's I fair. Think, of course. I think, you know, right out of the gate, I was, I can't believe I'm not virtual. I'm, I'm not live anymore. Mm. I'm, I'm alive. I've done live all my life. This has been my calling. I love being in a room. And uh, my wife said to me two weeks in, she's like, you need to get, get away from that table. Stop sitting down. You don't look like you. You look white as a ghost. You know, go figure this out. You, you know, go find yourself. And I think as we went through April and May, and I started finding who I am, you know, through virtual Mm -hmm. that now it's, I'm comfortable. I'm, you know, I'm moving, I'm jumping, I'm crazy, I'm loud. And, you know, so I think they're both great. Like now I would, it's like Kevin says, it's like having two different kids, you know, do you you like both your kids? So do I love being live? I can't wait to be (laughs) live again. I can't wait to do what I do. But it's also, you know, I I love being on, you know, on Zoom now because I'm comfortable and I know I know what I'm delivering and how to deliver it. And I think when you reach that as a lead, you're, you know, you're kind of comfortable with it, you know, whichever direction you want to go, I'm ready to go, you know? So, uh, you know, that's kind of where I am, but. There was one interesting day, this very rare thing that we had back in September in which uh, me and Andrew did a beat the box in person. We did this in September and it was just like, what is happening? This, this group wants to do it. Can we do this? And we pulled it up. It was 12 people, huge room. Everyone wore masks. It was awesome. And it made me completely miss. Oh God, this is the energy. Yeah. This is the energy. This is, we have this countdown. They pulled it off with 13 seconds left. Like it was just like, this is it. This is what we're missing. But at the same time, we both jumped on a virtual event hours later on right. the same day. So like sort of seeing that kind of preview as to what could possibly happen for us was like, okay, we need to, this is how we're putting our energy. This is what we need to break so that we know that there's going to be this kind of a shift so that we have that kind of focus um, hosting and event time and just seeing how that goes and wondering what our overlap is and how long that overlap might be of folks like us doing a live event and a virtual event in the same day for different folks and what that's going to take and exciting, but a, a certain way to, to juggle our lives and the way that we're uh, putting these events across. Mm. Deb, same thing yeah. to you. What are you, what are you feeling like? Yeah. And I, I thought about this a lot because one of the things I noticed about myself, especially when I knew like, this is what I love to do is I would leave a live event and I would feel, I don't even care if it was 10 hours and everything had gone you know, all these things to overcome, I came out with just so much energy. And so I get a lot of life out of in-person events in the sense of I had that side funny conversation. I got to have that moment up front where I got to connect with the audience. Um, just a lot of laughter here or an aha moment here.
here. There's something about in-person for me that brings a lot of life. And I know with Zoom, one of the things I've learned was, um, I think early on, there was this uh, woman, Dr. Amy Clymer, that did a training about connection in Zoom. And I've had to catch vision for how to connect via Zoom. And now that I'm, I'm in and I get it, I understand the role of both. I would say I, I do prefer in person, um, but I do love I do love virtual. And I know people talk about Zoom fatigue, mm-hmm. but I think in this sense, like there is a difference. Like it takes a different type of energy, but I'm not expending energy as much with the setup um, right. and the teardown. And so that's basically purely about the tech that we have already ironed out and getting to connect to the people. And so you do get to kind of jump in a bit. You're not spending as much time setting the tone. So that I enjoy. There's a little bit more just, you know, I can do three of these a day, sometimes six per day, usually not. So you also have to kind of find your sweet spot with how many you're doing per day <laughs> to really give it the freshest. So anyway, so that's a long answer to your question, but I say no, no. I prefer virtu- uh, in person, but I love virtual now. Um, I never thought I'd say that. So, and I'm never going to say no to the, amazing. to the paycheck of being able to work, you know, four shows a day. As opposed yeah, to yeah, right. as opposed to being yeah, flown exactly. across the country, <laughs> right? As opposed yeah. to flying across the country and having to go two days to work one event. Exactly. Right. Something that I've been seeing over here is especially when I'm doing events has mm-hmm. changed drastically, <laughs> <laughs> like to no end. Uh, because I uh, maybe even three weeks ago, um, I will have woken up at three 30 in the morning to do an event from four 30 to five 30, yep. uh, because we will be doing an event for folks in Asia, or I'll be staying up later to do an event for folks in Australia the next day. Whereas we had dreams of having the chance to obviously fly to any of these places, spend some time there. Um, I know that we've been able to do a couple in Europe, but like just having, Oh, how great would it be to fly over to, you know, to actual Australia or India or someplace to, to do, to host an event. And obviously though, we may not be at that point, the fact that we're able to connect to all these people and accents and languages and cultures all over the world from the comfort of our own home is something that I don't think we, we ever really thought of in the most realistic of ways with our live events and the fact that we've oh my goddess the people that we've been able to meet just on a daily basis has been absolutely incredible and our reach has become just unlimited and that's that's been something that has happened very quickly and uh i'm just really excited we've had it that's almost like what this show is about amazing around the (laughs) the world the world incredible actually i do want to i do want to point out one of my favorite things before we move on is the fact that before virtual i had no idea who deb was i heard the coast from each other yep i heard conversations about her in the office and i'm like oh one of our (laughs) women She sure. loves painting. Um, she just loves she it. Loves painting. <laughs> <laughs> she loves California. But the the simple fact of the matter that v- the virtual world has meant we have been leaning more on each other than ever before. And I've got to meet and Kevin and I worked together like two or three times mm-hmm. before we hit the virtual world. Now we can talk to each other once a month, once a week, whatever it happens yeah. to need to be. Um, I, I I think that it because you guys are my team. I want to thank Paul, especially for really taking the lead with us in actually making sure that all the facilitators that this team, how many of us are there now, Paul, just, just off the top of your head, 20 plus, right. That all of us are now communicating openly with each other, sharing our best practices, making sure that everybody's going to get the best thing because we all now know what we're doing. Guys, I cannot thank you enough for coming on board and making this first episode as exciting and fun for me as I hope it has been for you. This was exactly what I had hoped this episode would be. I'm kind of kissing up for a reason right now. Paul can actually tell you all about this because uh, as, as Paul was actually a guest last year, he remembers my speed round. Uh Oh, here we go. So what the speed round actually is, you guys, uh, and when we were live, there were always those moments when you would see people walk in a room and realize that they were doing a team building event and you would get the eye rolls or the exaggerated size because they're like, oh, here we go again. So this is my way of getting payback for all of them 
on all of you. <laughs> Here's how this is going to work. I am actually going to set a timer in the form of music. What's going to happen is this. I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions. Now, I want to get your competitive nature in here. I want to actually see who gets to answer first. So you got to shout out, and the first person I hear shouting out an answer, they're going to get a point. But here's the thing. You want your answer to be short, sweet, don't even think about them, first thing to come to your head. Okay? Pause, pause. All right. And let, not yet, Kevin. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> last, season, last season, we had actually gotten to 13. 13 was the number to beat. So I want to see Ooh. if, even with this competitive nature, we can actually get all of you past that number. Sound so good? if somebody else answers, we should still answer, or just let whoever answers Keep first shouting out, on. and the first answer I hear, I'm going to give them a point. So I will let you know who did the most, and then I will let you know how much your team did at the end. Got it? As soon as you hear the music, I will start as asking questions. Remember, shout out your answer, shout them out loud, shout them out proud, make them short. And here we go. Tell me the best thing about you. Personality. It's jokes. Smile. Personality. Uh, favorite movie. What's the best thing you ever wrote that you're proud of? Uh, four plays that have been produced. <laughs> favorite ice cream. Mint chocolate chip. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite day of the week? Okay. Uh, if you could have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Awesome. Favorite vacation place? What's your nickname? And favorite person alive or dead you'd like to meet? Adam Sandler. Nice. All right, my friends. Well, we have a tie for the number one amongst you with three answers. Paul and Kevin, you guys are actually tied at three apiece. Sam and Deb, you're right behind them at two apiece, meaning you guys came up with 10, 10 correct answers. Well done, everybody. Hanging Chad. I think there was a hanging Chad. That's a bad vote. And feel free, everyone, to steal this game for your personal or hybrid events, whichever you want to do. <laughs> As for me, my friends, that's it. That's all the time we have. That is it, my team. Our first episode of Team Building Saves the World. Once again, I do want to thank our very special guests. Give it up for Deb Burnett, Kevin Perticello, Sam Goldstein, and Paul Giroux. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. You were amazing. And of course, special thanks to you, my team out there. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more just like it at teambonding.com forward slash podcast, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Also, feel free to follow us on our new social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're going to be on YouTube. We're going to be everywhere. I want to see you guys out there. I want to see your comments. And if I like them, I might even read them live here on the show. So, from me and all of us here at Team Building Saves the World, to all of you out there, never forget that you're on my team now, and as always, I'm on yours. Have a great day, team, and I will see you all next time. said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your co-workers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.